0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of After The Split. I want to start off by apologizing for a lack of episodes lately. As many of you know, I've recently started going to school full-time and working a bit part-time, so I've definitely had to reduce the amount of time given to streaming and other video content. I've really enjoyed lately taking part in other creators' events, such as Sprash Game Show, and I've been doing a lot of hosting for charity marathons and stuff like that, So. Kind of sad to say that the podcast has taken a bit of a backseat. That being said, this should have come out weeks ago, and I'd like to apologize to this week's guest for that. Without further ado, allow me to introduce the man, the myth, and the babe, A Broken Prophet. And welcome, A Broken Prophet, which I'm just going to call you Prophet from this point on, but who is mostly known for running Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. How are you doing, man? yeah i'm doing pretty good excited to be here uh how are you i'm very well i actually just got out of class i feel bad it's a little bit later just because of time zones and stuff so i appreciate you for taking the time out it's good uh yeah quite evening after work so i'm free all night for you i always like to kind of just get this out here because everybody either it's a good story or it's like this was completely random i don't know how did you come about your username
1: um, so, there's actually a bit of a history to my username. So, I originally started out on Twitch by the username Earth's Only God, which is very, very arrogant Ooh. and very me. Um, it's the name I still have as my PSN um, name. Um, so, I had that for my first few months. And then I started messing around my username to meme people. Um, so, I was watching somebody doing shiny hunting, and they were spending a long time looking for an Abra. Um, so I trolled by calling myself the legendary Shiny Abra for a little while, just to pop into the chat and be like, here I am, you can't find me, ha ha ha, so very childish. This is all like uh, before was... you were streaming? It's before I was on with time I was streaming, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually in my early 20s at this point, so yeah, just still a very childish adult. Um, and from that point onwards, I was going into a lot of uh, Pokemon streams from there um, and preaching the name of Dunsparce, so I became the prophet of Dunsparce.
0: Like these, was... the little, like, I don't know. It's just kind of goofy looking Pokemon. This little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so that is my favorite Pokemon. So I came to the Prophet of Dunsparce. I was going around streams preaching how Dunsparce will bring you great luck and fortune. Um, so that was, I thought that you named for probably a little over a year, stuck around. Um, and it's probably still the one I'm most known for in a lot of uh, communities because I was very vocal on Twitch at that time. Oh, okay. Um, and then during a period in Shark stream, I was pushing to become a modernist dream. Um, and I, as a wrestling fan, I took up a wrestling gimmick um, very out there and decided I'd become the hero of chat and I'd become the savior of everybody. Um, so I renamed myself the hero of chat. Um, and I meamed around with that for a few months until I decided I hated it. Um, I wanted to go back to being Prophet. But because it had only been three months since my name changed, I couldn't go back to the Prophet of Dunsparce. Yeah. So uh, I went back to the whole wrestling thing and I was a massive fan of Matt Hardy and his broken gimmick. So I thought I'd become a broken prophet. And after that, I started streaming and it kind of just stuck. So I didn't want to change it after developing a brand per se.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, so when's the next name change? I...
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I think I'm probably going to try and stick this one for as long as possible. And no, I think I'm starting to become recognized. Um, people know me now as Prophet. Um, so I wouldn't stray too far if I did change, but no, I'm quite happy with it as a name. I think it suits me quite well.
0: Now, just complete the the legacy for us here. While you were the hero of chat, did you wind up getting the Hypno mod? I did. I did become mod. Nice. And then um,
1: I took the meme too far. I turned heel on everybody, and I lost mod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, in quite extravagant fashion. <laughs> it's just like, uh, was it, Icarus? He flew too close to the sun. Yeah,
1: indeed, yeah. I got too close, and yeah, I had it ingloriously <laughs> stripped from me one night. Uh, deserving, I uh abused my powers. <laughs> I, I really did become the anti hero, and yeah, it was well deserved. I feel but like it's an studio. easy
0: place to do it though, too. I mean, yeah, Hypno's I mean, it's just I, definitely it's a meme fest,
1: it is definitely a bit of a meme place, and it still gives the odd little meme when like he has no mod around and somebody needs banning, and it's like, oh, remod me. It's just always a little joke in the chat now because it's never gonna happen. I honestly don't really want it again, like, it's not responsibility. responsibility. I go there. I go to most streams nowadays more just kind of chill yeah chill out and enjoy like I'll mod for a few friends but I'm not I'm not looking at becoming a mod in any streams or any bigger ones nowadays it's more just the fun of being there watching
0: for sure now it's actually just because how it all works out you know twitch and speedrun in particular is kind of small but thankfully because of kieran who also you know known because of hypno shark he's doing his game show twitch mastered which is his the online take on Taskmaster, which is a show I never heard of, actually, before I saw his versions of it. And you are, we're, well, we're both currently on the active season. So it's been a lot of fun doing that with you.
1: Yeah, I've been enjoying it massively. Um, obviously, I was part of the original series. Um, he was looking for runners of all different uh, varieties. He was looking for like a Mario speedrunner, a Sonic speeder, a Crash speedrunner. And I just happened to be the closest person he had to a Sonic speedrunner or closest friend who was a sonic speedrunner so were you guys uh, we, we're tight my way in before about...
0: or was it really um, kind of through we that that you're like
1: oh i know you more we weren't tight tight but we definitely were friends like we played online every now and again with each other so we knew each other and obviously swore a lot in hypnos chat um but yeah i think we definitely became closer when it became a thing uh purely because we were spending the time together obviously recording it and then doing the episodes um i was fortunate enough to sneak my way to a victory in that uh last one and we planted the seeds early on that Winner could potentially come back and be the host. And, That's kind of what I was going yeah. to
0: ask. Like, how did you wind up going from competitor to the host of the next series?
1: We did sort of, yeah, we brought aside the idea that either Shark would continue to be the host for every season. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'd look at using competitors to become the host. And I think, yeah, we decided, well, Kieran, obviously his decision as the uh, person who runs the show, decided that... Um, I'd make a decent host and we could have the tradition of winners potentially going on to host the show. So uh, potentially, you're looking in good stead to maybe the season three host as it stands. Oh,
0: actually, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ponder that until now. That would be sick. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I don't know if he's going to continue it or he's going to maybe ask me to continue on again or just find somebody new, but there is a chance that you might get that invitation.
0: Now, those are, are kind of big room. shoes to fill. How, how have you felt, like, the comparison of being a competitor to being the host?
1: Um... I like it because when you're doing it as the competitor, you're sort of watching back and comparing yourself against Mm. other people and almost cringing at how the bad mistakes you made (laughs) or how stupid you are in these moments, Um, especially in season one where it was a lot rougher of a show. Um, It's definitely been polished a lot more into season two. Um, So being able to be on the other side of it and just enjoying yourself laughing at other people and bantering with the competitors has definitely been really enjoyable. Uh, I've really enjoyed hosting it. I've had good fun.
0: I've been so anxious on some of these, like, and enough time passes that i've kind of forgotten what i did for some tasks that like it comes back i'm like oh god oh no and then it's actually received well people are laughing i'm like okay it's not as bad but man i i was so anxious even recording i'm like i don't want to do this oh please no
1: yeah i definitely remember some tasks like uh in the season one task we had the um film a scene from a movie in like a video game and you never know how that's going to come out because you go into it, you have these bright ideas. You know, I'm going to build this, I'm gonna do this. You're like you actually mm-hmm. have a 15 minute time limit. And it's like I don't even know the words of this scene. So you're, then you're googling the scene, you're trying to find a spot to do it in the game. You like you got five minutes left to perform the scene. And it's like panicking, like oh my god, oh no. Um, so you have all these bright ideas, and suddenly it's yeah, uh, just rushing it out there, and like you feel horrible doing it because you just feel cringy trying to play both sides of a scene, and then it's like how will the scene be received? But no, I thought, yeah, it's always at the end of the day. It's all just a bit of fun, isn't it? And you've got to look back oh, to for if you sure. At you, if you can't laugh at yourself, like what are you doing a lot of the time? So
0: now it's almost kind of a shame. The the first series, it's not like all available and episodic, kind of like how the second one is. And I wish I could go back and watch everything. I, I've just seen like the the one highlight video that I think is on Hypno's channel.
1: Yeah, I do remember asking Kieran if he had sort of the first that he was going to be putting it up on YouTube at the time. I think the plan was um, to release it all on Hypno's um, YouTube, but it just never got around to happening, unfortunately. Um, he's definitely got them, because he was replaying them throughout um, the build-up to Season 2. So Kieran's definitely got Season 1 somewhere uh, on his hard drive, maybe. So hopefully we can convince him to put that up there yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be
0: awesome. I, I said something to him at one point. He's like, yeah, it wasn't really my thing at the time. It was kind of Hypno's thing. So that's a... Or at least the first one was upload on his thing, because I couldn't even find it like through the Find feature and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah it
1: so be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be nice just to just get the whole sort of running series on there so that when season 3 if it happens and 4 onwards maybe just have that sort of evolution of the show visible on one platform.
0: And sometime, hey, hopefully before 2022 we have our finale. <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, definitely been a bit of scheduling issues with that one, but I'm sure we'll get there.
0: Now, kind of the the concept of this whole show which I actually I don't know if I even really told you what this is. Uh, I've done like twelve or thirteen of them now, but it, it's skin to know the the lives of the speedrunners, kind of who they are as once you end stream and stuff like that. So like to get that whole story, see how people developed, where you get to where you're at. So how old are you, first off? I'm 27. And where are you from?
1: Uh, i'm from england if you can't tell by the accent
0: uh it is a little easy to tell but yeah
1: um yeah i'm from a, a town or city in the sort of east midlands of england so i'm very central i'm very generic accented i think
0: have you pretty much do you live with, like where you grew up and stuff like that have you moved across oh. the country at least or <laughs>
1: um i actually spent a large portion of my uh, life with my home address per say uh in germany oh really so, yeah, I grew up in a, a military family, so I was moving oh, around every, every okay. two, three years. And uh, we spent yeah, a large majority of my time, of uh, well, my parents' time in Germany. Um,
0: I've always kind of wondered what that would be like. Is it, like, do you think of it fondly or are you like, yeah, that kind of sucked?
1: Um, there's bits. I mean, obviously, I never experienced the other side of it, so it's hard mm-hmm. to have that direct comparison. Um, you can speak to other people and it's like, yes, it would have been very nice growing up in the same place with the same friends um, as you get older. Yeah. But then at the same time, they're also very sheltered um, in some ways. Like I experienced a lot more of the world and different cultures. Um, Finding out what it's like to live in a country where you don't speak the native language is, I think, just a general very good life lesson and Mm -hmm. natural adaptability. Um, So I definitely don't begrudge uh, growing up like that. But there are definitely things I feel like I missed out on. Um, it was a lot harder to form like long-term relationships because I don't know people for long enough to form them.
0: Yeah,
1: um, which growing up is definitely very difficult. It sort of grows into the whole now I'm a Twitch streamer because I don't have any real-life friends. Not quite true, but it's that <laughs> you have that disconnect from people in real life because you weren't around them long enough. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely developed me into the person I am in a big way, mm-hmm. um, but. Not knowing how it would have been any other way, I don't think I would change it because I am quite content where I am. And if I'd gone another way, who knows where I'd be? So
0: yeah, that's true. I uh, yeah, like... I just moved a lot, so I I can kind of resonate with some of the stuff you're saying. I wouldn't necessarily I wasn't a military kid like that, so that's a whole nother element I think. But is it is weird? Definitely weird to just kind of have to uproot and start life all over again
1: yeah but there's also the sort of the rare opportunity when you do move away and then we did move back to some of the same places and every Mm -hmm. now and again you would run into somebody you knew like four years ago oh
0: hey because you because yeah
1: exactly a lot of the time you're there's only so many people in the jobs in the military so yeah when you're moving around other families are going to be in the same situation as you and there was a few instances where like i'd know somebody when i was seven and then we'd move somewhere and i'm like 10 years old and it's like oh We'd run into these people in a random city we'd never been to before and it's like old friends so you always had those nice little moments as well it wasn't always every time uprooting and knowing nobody um, because there was only so many of you doing it you're always going to run into somebody eventually um yes yeah, so you had that nice experience sometimes
0: now, I take it you didn't uh, want to follow in the footsteps. You're, you weren't a military guy yourself. No,
1: my very early on. So a lot of kids you know that to grow up, you know, dreaming mm-hmm. of the military and that whole cool action man, um, army yeah, guy kind of thing. Sure. Um, it, yeah, I was never for me. Like, I just had zero interest. I, I think I caught on very early that it's not very glamorous. It's not no. the nicest thing in the world to be doing. And I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to do this. Like, it could potentially be there as a last backup. But I don't want to be looking at it as a ideal future career.
0: Yeah, the whole idea of idolizing it seems crazy to me. And I think a lot of people are kind of shifting in that mindset for sure. Well, I, obviously U.S. nationalism is very different as well. But yeah, I, I think, think it's probably a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's probably a little bit more extreme um, for you guys. I think your military definitely idolized a bit more than ours. Um, but there is still that mentality of a lot of soldiers kids grow up in the lifestyle so mm-hmm. they go on to be soldiers and yeah it's not a not a path i wanted to follow
0: so what did you wind up doing like after primary school um so after i left primary
1: school um i went into boarding school when i was 13 oh really um yeah so i was in boarding school for the best part of five years um, which was the first time i was actually able to put down some form of roots but then at the same time it was all away from my family um So I what would have been our year eight, which is um, ages 12 to 13. Yeah. um, When I moved schools, I skipped that grade. Um, So instantly I was. Yeah, I was instantly Um, without going into too much boastfulness. I was grading higher than people around me. So considered, rather than stick you into a year where there aren't any major exams, you're basically just going to be messing around for a year, waiting to do something serious um when you're spending money to go to school it was like why not just put him straight up into the next year yeah why not why
0: waste time we can yeah sort of fast track his
1: development and get him moving on a bit faster um i was definitely appreciative of the opportunity but again it stuck me in another situation where i was moving into a lot of people that had grown up each other the last two years and now i'm the black sheep because i'm a year younger than everybody else Mm -hmm. and my attitude probably didn't help this as well at the time because obviously in that situation you give that to a 13 year old kid um hey you're moving up because you're deemed smarter than everybody else arrogance is going to play a part <laughs> of it um, i already had that as a natural streak in mini at that time and then suddenly you've got this arrogant little kid rocking up into a classroom full of friends and it's like who's this new guy who naturally now thinks he's better than everybody so it didn't help my first year in boarding school i was very i felt very odd one out um Yeah, again, moving into school didn't know anybody, but that's something I dealt with before. But now I was being that had that extra stigma of this is the kid that's been moved up a year. Um, He's supposed to be something special. And to be honest, I really, I did, I thought it was at the time, but I really wasn't that special. Um, I was probably a little bit above average, but I played it very well. I gave that attitude, and everyone just looked around me and went, "Oh, he is something special." But I think I just played the role of someone special quite well.
0: The idea of a boarding school, I can't tell if I would love it or hate it. Like it seems so strange to just like I'm gonna go live there now, but um, you're I, also like fully immersed, It'd kind of be like being independent earlier, but I don't know.
1: yeah, so it was actually um, originally my idea um I really? was about what I still recall a memory of being about ten years old in one of my bedrooms in Germany, um I think I'd got tired of moving around every time, getting stuck in a school where. I was, uh, especially at that age when it was less focused on actual education, I mm-hmm. was above everybody else. I, things came more naturally to me. I was always in top of classes. I was putting in like, advanced placement classes. And it was like, I'm just stagnating. Even at like, that age, I was realizing I'm stagnating here. I need to go somewhere where I'm going to be tested. Um, so I can recall yeah, being about nine or ten years old, sat in my bedroom floor crying with my parents saying, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go to boarding school um at that time they weren't in a financial situation to provide it um which is a lot of people's situation um fortunately we found out a few years later the military will subsidize some of that if it was requested
0: hey Um, that's cool
1: i ended up getting in that position purely because the military did pay for a lot of it um and then yeah a few years later i did manage to get in the position but um at first i hated it i really did
0: um i'm guessing you're pot committed once you're there it's not like "Eh, i want to go back It was one of those as well.
1: Yeah, Like, you know, I've almost pressured my parents into putting me in this situation because I wanted to do it. And I did see the benefits of being there over being in standard public school. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I was, yeah, a 13-year-old kid, moved away from home, uh, surrounded by people I didn't know. It was a very hard situation to grasp. And um, like, everyone gets bullied every now and again at school. But when you're in public school, you go home, you have your group of friends you know, you sort of manage to deal with it. When you're in a foreign environment surrounded by people you don't know without that support network, it was very difficult to deal with those first few months. Um, fortunately, my parents were worse than in England at the time. So they were only two, two and a half hours down the road, uh, which might not seem a lot in America, but it's quite a bit of distance in England, <laughs> um, being such a small country. Um, so they were able to visit me every now and again when things got bad. Um, I think after I got that, through that first year, I sort of I had that adapt I'd adapted to the situation a bit better. Um and I sort of fitting in a bit more and it was less of that, you know, or oh, who's this new kid who's now skipped the year. It was more just who I am. Like they got to know me. I was part of the sports scenes now. I just I fit in more so it was a lot easier for me after that.
0: I have this and I I can't say why it's a dumb where my brain is going, but I'm like my picture of it and everything that you're talking about I'm like so it's like harry potter where they just all live together in like a big <laughs> circle room is is that what it's really like or, or do you um, get like your so own room and you just kind of my you
1: know? my first year there i shared a room with four other boys four so others were, yeah so there were five of us oh that's too um, much young
0: te- testosterone. toss test testosterone. yeah aging words, with, so. aging between
1: 12 and 14 uh five of us in one room um because we were the youngest, so they usually had rooms reserved, Like the youngest boys would all stay together. Mm-hmm. The older you get, you start moving into your own room. Um, so, yeah, mine was there the biggest room. There was five of us, I think, in there.
0: Oh, my um, God.
1: Yeah, which was... And we were on the, like, the bottom floor as well, so we were just harassed by everybody coming past, all the noises. We were right next to the shower. It's like early in the morning, people mm. were queuing outside our bedroom waiting to go to the showers. So, yeah, it wasn't the best room to be in. Um,
0: <laughs> it's an experience, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's definitely definitely a learning curve. Um like my house when I was at university had five people in, there, let alone my bedroom. So um that's the biggest environment I'd ever actually, you know, lived in for a long period of time. And I was there for about five, six months. Yeah, I definitely. Guess
0: after you finished <laughs> that have you ever moved uh in with family again? Or have you kind of just um, been doing your own thing ever since then?
1: No, I did move back in after university. I went home. Um so I stayed out. So I went to university in England. Um, mm-hmm. I did my degree uh, okay. in chemical engineering.
0: That's, uh, um, that's yeah. Big.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did that. Then I did go home back to Germany for a few years um, with my parents. Um, I started working as a private contractor for the military. Um, so I didn't Way join better. the army, but, but I was working for them. Yeah. Um, so the money without the actual having to be a soldier, mm-hmm. which was quite nice. And living tax-free, because uh, we do live tax-free over there. So it was a beneficial few years for me. Good experience.
0: So, I, I mean, I can't ignore it now. How the heck <laughs> did you become a chemical engineer? Why? What? Um, so,
1: as I said, obviously, I skipped a year at school. So I was a bit young when we were putting our placements. Mm-hmm. So I was, what, about not even 16 when I moved into, like, our final two years, which is when we do our final exams and decide what, if we want to go to university and what we want to do. Um, So this is the point where they started putting a decision on you. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? I was 15. I had no idea.
0: Um, As why would anyone?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, how can you? Um, So I chose the subjects I was good at. Um, I was good at the sciences. I was good at maths. um, And I enjoyed drama. So I did my A-levels. We usually do between three as a standard, five as the maximum for most people. Mm -hmm. And I did five of them. I did maths, chemistry, physics, biology, and drama. In my first year, like an improv um, kid, um, I was a bit yeah. Um, I enjoy just yeah generally acting and all that, but okay. it wasn't the best fit for me because drama at that point starts becoming about your on-stage work and more about your how you plan things out and all stage lighting and stuff that I wasn't oh, very good at. Okay, so I I wanted it for the fun, and it turned out not to be the fun thing I wanted to do, but it was still a good experience. Um, so yeah, I went through them, and that sort of sets up a baseline of. Right. this limits your choices now. You can only go into courses where these um, subjects will get you into. Um, so I moved into my final year at 16. Um, they gave us um, one of those aptitude tests where uh, I'm sure you guys do them quite a lot. Come into your final years where you do, you know, what do you enjoy? What do you get out, yada, yada, what job does it set you up for? Um, most people fortunate in that it gave them one or two options. They scored very highly on. I think I scored 100% in nine different things. Oh, wow. Um, and not all the same. It wasn't like, oh, you'd be a really good chemist or a really good chemical engineer. It was sort of like sports psychiatrist and stuff like that. I was like, this is really useful. Thanks. You've uh, confused my 16 year old brain even more with what I want do with the rest of my future. Yeah.
0: You know, um, I weirdly enough, I took something that was supposed to be like that. And I really did it just so I could skip out on a class because it's like a <laughs> two hour test or whatever. And then uh, it, it no. gives you like a bunch of numbers, but it doesn't actually place you anywhere. And oh, okay. I, I later found out that it's actually just an entry exam to see like, what kind of jobs you qualify for in the military. And I'm like, oh, that's ah. that's really not helpful, but thanks. No, that's
1: yeah, a bit of a waste of time.
0: Um, yeah, basically, I'd done
1: this test, and it was like, and these are things you'd be good at. Like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm too young to make that decision. So I was mm-hmm. like, I went and spoke to the only people that I had around me that could help me decision, my teachers. Um, and a lot of the advice I was getting is, You're excelling in chemistry, you're excelling in maths, and there's a lot of money in chemical engineering. So why don't you go do chemical engineering? Without really researching what it was, I took their advice and went, (laughs) these people know what they're talking about. Their job is to, you know, to mould children. I'm a Mm -hmm. child and I'm making a big decision. So their advice is probably the best one. Um, And so, yeah, I applied to university to be chemical engineering, and I hated it. (laughs) I hated every minute of it. Uh, Really? uh, Not quite every minute of it, but I hated a lot of it because... It had been sold to me as doing a lot of maths, a lot of chemistry, things I really did enjoy, yeah. things I was good at. And I ended up doing endless amounts of physics, things I could do, but I did not enjoy doing. It, was like, it wasn't a foreign concept, but it was just not an enjoyable one for me. So um, I tried to, to leave um, towards the end, but I got convinced to stick it out. Are um, you paying all this money anyway? You might as well go get your degree. Um, yeah so i stuck it out i did my degree left and then you um, you
0: hated it that's insane
1: and uh, vowed never to do it again like i was never going to go into this profession because i couldn't see myself um with any shot doing it for the rest of my life without just becoming miserable
0: i mean Um, you hear all the time like oh this degree is useless but in that case that degree is useless
1: yeah like it no it's one of those people go and get, you know, degrees in gardening or something like that. And at least there is some kind of path they can take with that because you obviously enjoyed it uh, if you went to do some of that and finished it. I just went and finished it because I was supposed to finish it. Like I was always brought up as, you know, none of my family had ever gone to university. No one had a degree uh, when I was applying. So it was like, you're going to be the first. So it was that sort of weight on me that I can't. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of societal
0: pressure Um, for sure.
1: Yeah. And this is also sort of the time when everything... Like that final year, everything was sort of stacking up on me as well. Like all that weight of expectation I'd held for so many years, always being marginalized as the smart kid, as you know, the one that's mm-hmm. going to do something with his life, all suddenly fell very, very heavy on me because I was realizing I'm now wasting my time. And I am um, quite openly admit that I was very, very depressed at the time. I was um, in—I was going to see a psychiatrist for like six months. I was not. In a good way, and I needed that to get me through the end of my uh, end of my degree. Because without that sort of help, um, I would have just collapsed, and I would have just disappeared. I think I'd have just left um, and probably gone off the map for a few months, just trying to rediscover who I'm supposed to be. Um, so I was quite thankful to get that help, but at the same time, it was a situation that was pressed on me that I'm still—I wouldn't say resentful, but not happy—that I was pushed into.
0: Yeah. It's interesting seeing, because I, I only know the current you, so here in the past you, I'm seeing, you know, the puzzle pieces, but not not all connected. Does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in life, I feel like seldom has good stories, but you seem pretty okay now. Is your mental and stuff improved over time?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, like most people nowadays, <laughs> I still have the about bout with depression. Like, the, the state the world's in, it's just bound to happen yeah. to our generations. It's the unfortunate way that we are living in that time, but... Um, I have a definite better grip of who I am and what I am, where I want to be nowadays. Um, that's not easy. It's definitely not easy. I think speedrunning and streaming definitely have a massive help on it, that it's a, a fun, positive outlet for me that I know I'm going to be chilling, doing something I enjoy with people I like. Um, I'm surrounded by a community of people that I know accept me for who I am. And mm-hmm. that's I think, a massive part of... Um, I know that if I'm ever a bit down... I can just go stick on like a 10 hour stream and just play games for 10 hours and people be there and I'll feel happier. So I have that sort of, I don't know, support network. I'd say now that when things do get maybe a little bit down that there's something there that can bring me back up. So it's, yeah, I'm definitely in a much better place than I was say seven years ago, which is yeah. Nice.
0: It's actually, I, uh, I don't really tell any of my real life friends or, especially not family about streaming and all that kind of stuff because it's, it's just been a very therapeutic like safe space for me mm-hmm. and i get to just vent out whatever and i very much liked it for the same aspect for sure yeah, yeah. I,
1: I definitely get that like
0: my my parents am aware
1: that i do it but i didn't tell them um they found out from my cousin who's probably the only family oh I have
0: to no the spoil um
1: I, I didn't mind them knowing like, i wasn't hiding it from them it was just like it was a part of my life that i didn't feel they needed to know about like, yeah for it wasn't sure they wasn't something they're going to be interested in they've just more ended up being curious but my cousin who's a big fan of the game i play her uh, sonic adventure 2 um so he was watching me every now and again because you know it's supporting family in a game he loves so mm-hmm. so he's the only one that really ever watches and knows about it but where to spread a little bit to other members that i do it but not in a bad
0: way for people that aren't like involved i feel like it's just such a strange concept but like once you do it once you know people that do it, it's like oh yeah yeah of course maybe that's just my yeah. boomer brain i don't know
1: <laughs> well i actually so my colleagues at work know that i um know that i stream oh yeah um, one, of, one of them asked me one time so you know what do you do and i went oh i'm a speedrun I, you know, I do speedruns and um she didn't quite grasp what i meant because she told me, I think, yesterday, um, so her half-sister who she lives with is big into watching Twitch and video mm-hmm. games. And um, she mentioned it to her, that, um, oh, I have a, um, you know, a colleague who plays speedrun. That was the word she used. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> her half-sister just sort of laughed and went, what? And it's like, yeah, he plays speedrun, I think, on Twitch. She's like, you mean he speedruns? Um, so it just shows you that sort of, yeah, people that aren't quite in our little window of reality don't quite fully understand what's going on. Mm. Yeah, she, she legitimately thought speedrun was a game that I played.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, found very, I found that very amusing. I couldn't help but just a chuckle at her.
0: Obviously, I mean, it seems like we've got Baby Einstein, you're playing sports, a little bit of an ego. How did you kind of start becoming, well, someone that plays video games? I feel like with a schedule like that, I can't imagine you're just like, yeah, I had a GameCube with me the whole time too
1: um no i didn't so uh while i was at school i didn't actually have i the only console i had when i was at school was my ds at the mm-hmm. time um and i pretty much only played pokemon uh on my own um so i've always grown up being a massive pokemon fan and i've always had a console at home um so i had a playstation one playstation two um and i play them a lot when i come home from school but at the same time i'd be going out like Doing sports, I was part of, you know, football or soccer team, stuff like that. Um, so it was, I was never a big gamer as a kid. Um, other than Pokemon, I'd probably, I'd say I spent maybe 10 hours a week playing. So definitely not a lot for, um, you know, a child video gamer. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was definitely, I came more involved sort of as I was in my teenage years because people at my school would bring like their Xbox to school with them like they'd have a tv in their bedroom with an xbox um and i'd often go up and just play halo and fifa with them uh, and call of duty there were three games mm-hmm. pretty much the only games we would really play um so even still i was very much not a you know speedrunner mentality at that time i was just basically playing um multiplayer games and even then not in any form of competitiveness it was just friends messing around i'd quite often come second um i very rarely won any matches really um, We'd usually play like three or four of us in like Halo, and yeah, I'd quite regularly be the second place person, or so in like, oh, Call of Duty, second place.
0: Were you competitive um, th- about it, or you just like, yeah, you know, that's just how it goes? It was
1: always that, you know, 14, 15 year olds competing in each other. There was always that competitive banter. Mm-hmm. Um, it never got serious, but there was always that edge to it that it wasn't a friendly game as such. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always stand by the fact that it was because he owned the console that he always won, so he was practicing doing the story. All that, so um if i'd been practicing i would have beaten him i'm sure uh, I, stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that fact today <laughs> um, but, but no so i didn't really get into gaming as such i'd still say i'm probably not a massive gamer like um it wasn't until i got a playstation 4 that i really started committing myself back to playing games regularly yeah um, and that was purely because i'm a collection addict and since I I never owned a PlayStation Three or an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty myself, so I'd never experienced games with that trophies or achievements collection system. Um, so when I started game, getting games on PlayStation Four, that was a new thing to me. It was like I must oh collect I can every finish
0: trophy. this yeah
1: yeah it was now it's not just a percentage counter. There are physical little rewards are going to pop on my screen when I do things. Um, I think that's probably when I became much more of a gamer, um, and I'd play a lot more sort of RPGs and sort of that type of game, the you know, open world, um, ones where I could just go around and complete quests and get achievements and progress through stories. Um, and that's where I definitely caught the gaming bug. It was then I started realizing that I enjoy completion of things. Um, so, yeah, that's really where I was probably, what, about 20 or so, 21 maybe, when I really started actually considering myself a gamer and not just somebody that casually enjoys a game every now and again.
0: Now so, just speaking of collection, and I'd be crazy not to bring it up, you have quite the collection of things behind you. What all yeah, do uh, we got going on? Is it I see uh, yeah. like maybe a little bit of Pokemon? See, I have
1: oh, probably approaching over 90 pop dolls now at this point. 90
0: of them, dang. Yeah,
1: so um, I got most of them at one time. So uh, again, my cousin, the same one that plays SA2, he had a small collection of maybe 10, 15 um, go I got on a thousand for Oh, they're quite cool and massive, like collector of things like, or even like decorator. Like I never had any posters in my room growing up, um, or anything like that, mainly because that whole moving around every two years, I just couldn't be bothered. And, um, I sort of hit adulthood and went, I have, you know, I was over in Germany. I was making good money, living tax free. And I was like, I have expendable income now. Like now is the time when I can maybe indulge in that collecting um so i originally got like 30 of them just on one go online and i was like i quite like these yeah Um, i just had a little bookcase in my room that was just stacked full of them
0: do you keep all of them boxed by the way
1: yeah i don't open any of them um not because of the value or anything i just like the way they fit in together nicely yeah yeah i I know if they were opened up they would not be in this display on my uh, very aesthetic yeah i quite i mean it's a bit missed the M.A.S.H. because I've knocked them over enough times that I, I was obviously <laughs> standing them back up. Um, and they were all perfectly sort of organized into little categories. Like I've got loads of Dragon Ball Z ones, quite a few Pokemon ones, um, stuff. From, I usually just get stuff from like TV shows I enjoyed, um, like movies. Like I've got you know Game of Thrones ones in there. I've got a few Marvel ones, just sort of anything that I consider having some form of connection to. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Dragon Ball Z was one of the very few animes I've ever watched in my life the one I've watched all the way through. And I just, it formed a sort of connection with it because it was a big part. So I was like, I just got What's some the of my best favorite saga? Uh I sell is my favorite villain. Hell so yeah. I got to say the Cell saga. Um, although freezer is also a very brilliant saga. Um, I'm definitely a big Dragon Ball Z stan over the original and Although I have enjoyed Super, and I don't really talk about the other attempt at a continuation.
0: <laughs> what, what other uh, attempt? I don't know what you're uh, talking yeah, about, that, actually. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, yeah. um, see, I definitely have more Dragon Ball ones I think I must have like 15, 20 Dragon Ball ones. I bought one at the weekend. Um, we went away for like, a gamer meetup in Leicester, which is a city just an hour or so north from me. Um, we were walking around shops, and I saw a couple more, and I bought another uh, Dragon Ball one that I didn't have, which is a uh, Super Saiyan Goku doing a Kamehameha Hamiha. And um, an obelisk, the tormentor from Yu-Gi-Oh, which is another show I watched a lot growing up. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, both yeah, I just sort of these happen to have a bridge series. Have you watched all of those? Or
1: I have watched both of the abridged series. Yes, it's so um, dumb,
0: but I did like them a lot.
1: Yeah, I definitely say I prefer the Dragon Ball Z abridged one. I think, yeah, I think it just fits the characters a bit better for the abridged than. And the Yu-Gi-Oh! one got a little bit repetitive when it's, you know, it's just a stupid card game yeah. the end of the day. Whether but the Dragon Ball one always has sort of merging characters in a developmental stage. So I think it worked out. Um, I've watched that multiple times. I'd probably I'd almost say I prefer it over the original series at this point <laughs> it's just got so many classic running gags in them that I can't help but love. So yeah, definitely a big fan kind of the average ones.
0: And something else I spot in the collection. So to your bottom right, left on camera side, uh, is that yep. a vodka and Red Bull?
1: I will get this. Is that this, a fridge? Not, not really been shown on stream before. I will oh, grab a few. Ooh, an
0: exclusive?
1: So there's not quite a fridge, and this will branch out into oh. what I do in my day-to-day life. Um, so it's actually a... Um, a poster or like a, a sign from a bar um, a It's bar like a bar or sign, yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually quite a good way to bridge into what I do do in my day-to-day life. Um, so Perfect. So I work, I work for an events and festival company.
0: Oh, um, that sounds so kind of sick.
1: It is. So we staff um, events and festivals all around England, um, the occasional one overseas, but mostly England-based. Um, we do like the traffic and the litter and everything there. Um, and I work in our head office, so in like recruitment and all that sort of thing. Um, and that's just a souvenir I picked up from a show I did a month or so ago. I went there to, we we're doing like, the last day of cleaning, um, getting all the rubbish out of the site. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had been like raining heavily the entire weekend, like the place was destroyed. Um, and I didn't enjoy the experience. Um, there's pictures of me like knee deep in water, um, oh, the shoes God. I had on the day. The shoes I had on that day—I'd only owned them for about a month. They were in the bin the second I got home because they were just sucked. destroyed. Um, luckily, they weren't very expensive ones, is why I wore them for festivals. Um, yeah, I decided I quite liked the look of that little uh, little bar poster, so I thought I'm going to had about six or seven of them, but that was the cleanest one they had, and I'm mm-hmm. taking that home because um, just because I liked it. <laughs> and so people can see just how overpriced festivals are. I don't know if you can see. It when oh, I for it up. sure, it was hey, like. I've Single vodka Red Bull, £9.50, which must Oof. be, what, $13, $14? Yeah, too much. Um, yeah, so that is the life we have to live, surrounded by these massively overpriced prices.
0: I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely a ball-on-a-budget kind of guy, so I have a solid pregame before anything like that.
1: Well, quite fortunately, being staff, we uh, were able to get in a few things that no.
0: other people often aren't. Nice. So...
1: Like most festivals over here, I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same in America, have glass as an outlaw thing. You can't bring them onto the sites. Yeah. Um, but, but being as we get there like a week before security do, we tend to have a lot of our own glass bottles on site. So we end up drinking a lot cheaper than people at the festivals do.
0: Luckily, nobody's going to hear this that, that, you know, goes or watches the soccer games in my local area. I've been <laughs> so thankful. I, I just happen to know someone that is like the president of the supporters group. And, you know, shout out to Mr. White. <laughs> but we sit or we stand right next to like all the the drum core and stuff like that, and they have a big old cooler and after like every game it's like, oh beers? And they just there's a whole bunch of beers and water and stuff in the cooler. <laughs> yeah, I would rather not pay ten dollars for a beer. That sounds oh, right. great. Thank you. Yeah. But
1: definitely, definitely um yeah, I'm surrounded by you the internet. Uh, and so um it goes back to my final year of university so i found this job about two years too late to be honest um so it was in my final year of university so in that final summer i had off um it turns out my uncle who i'd go and stay with um throughout my summers a lot of the time because i couldn't be bothered to fly back to germany for every holiday um so i'd come back so he lives he lives pretty much like five minutes away from where i live now or lived um i'd go around his house and then I'm not going to go into some of the details because there may be some explicit details I can't go into mm-hmm. live on podcast. But basically, uh, the manager of this company would come around to this house fairly regularly, um, and it was only introduced to me in my final year university that oh, by the way, this guy runs festivals or like does staffing for festivals. I was like, oh, like which ones? Expecting like you know small local ones. He was like, yeah. oh no, like Glastonbury and Leeds and you know the biggest festivals in England. Oh, I was like, oh, he was like, yeah. Um, you know, you come, you work two weeks, you make a thousand pounds. I was like, I- I'm a student at this point. I have no money, <laughs> like a thousand pounds in two weeks is a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, sounds uh, sounds good. Sign me up. And uh, pretty much there on the spot, he was like, OK, you're basically now my bitch for the summer, you're going to every event I want you to go to. <laughs> I was like, OK, OK, it was like you will make about three and a half, four grand in the summer. And I was like, yeah, sounds good to me. I'm and he's like, you get a free ticket every time you come to the festival. I was like. I'm not really seeing a downside to this. Um, yeah, no,
0: what's uh? Yeah,
1: so my first ever festival was Glastonbury in 2014. So 250,000 people. That Is the that a big music
0: year. festival? It's the, the
1: the biggest one we have in Europe. Um, it's, Do you yeah, remember who you saw,
0: 000. like your first time?
1: Uh, so the first artist I ever saw at a festival was Paolo Antini, who was like the second or third act on the second stage there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Scottish singer, so... I don't know how big he ever hit America,
0: probably uh, didn't. Whew, right over my head, I don't know about that, um, but hey.
1: So they were the first ones I ever saw at a festival, and the first headliners I saw were um, the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, I know that yeah. name, yeah. yeah. You might have heard that one. Uh, I don't know how big they are. I think I I don't know. I think they're English, so they might not be as big over there as they are here, but they were quite big, sort of in the mid-late 2000s.
0: I, I did um, a quick l- little Google, was it uh, I Project a Riot? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I know write. that song.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruby. They had a couple of, couple of big songs. Um, so yeah, they're the first headlines I ever saw. Um, and yeah, I sort of, I went there and I had an amazing time. Like I was doing a really easy job. Like my job was counting people as they came through a gate. Um, but only people coming through with like wide loads because they have an automatic counter for everyone that goes in through the normal lanes. Yeah. So I basically got counting a few thousand people a day on a Ooh. clicking button. So it was nothing. It was easy. I just basically just sat there and clicked this button all day with a colleague who was doing like one was doing the in, one was doing the out. So it was like a day of one of the easiest shifts in the world at one of the biggest musical festivals in the world. And it's like, right, your shift is done. Enjoy yourself. We'll see you in the morning. Nice. And it was, yeah. Um, so instantly there I got the bug. Um, and yeah, I filled up my whole summer then with it. Um, I did the whole next summer. Um, that's when I went back to Germany. So I missed like three or four years of four seasons, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it so much that during my holidays, I wouldn't go abroad. I wouldn't, you know, go on a, a lad trip and all that. I would come back to England and I'd work two or three festivals. So um, during that period, I basically worked flat out for about two years, three years, because my holidays were going back, coming back to England to work. Um, but I enjoyed it so much that, um, that's what I wanted to do um then i moved back to england in 2019 to continue up doing the same sort of thing and this year i became um like a full-time actual employee for the company rather than just doing seasonal oh, stuff
0: nice. um,
1: so yeah I've, I've been working on getting this full-time job for about four years now but there's always a circumstance that prevented me from getting it mm-hmm. it was like oh we're going to move you into this role i was like, ah i'm moving back to germany and it was like okay um, <laughs> i'm coming back i can move into this role it's like ah the person that you're going to Recover for or take over for. i decided they're not retiring, so um, they're going to be around a little longer. So every time I was about to move, or you know, ah, you know, we didn't realise you we were coming back this time. Um, we've just hired somebody to the job we no. would have asked you to do. So it was like every single time I got so close, it was like ah. Um, and yeah, then the I was literally,
0: time.
1: I was literally like two weeks in stepping into the job, and then the pandemic lockdown hit, and they were oh, like,
0: oh yeah
1: it was like we're, we're an events and festivals company we're not going to be working i'm sorry we can't offer you a full-time job as just like every single time i got a little bit closer something stupid would happen to the point where the world decided to create a massive virus that i couldn't have this job
0: that's kind um, of what I was wondering because <laughs> uh i mean obviously you're working now i was like how are what are you doing if there's no festivals
1: yeah, so that whole period, they were just like closed down for like basically a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fortunately, like um, they opened up allowing us to do festivals in this country. Um, since about May, June, they had small ones running. Uh, and then big ones were under sort of COVID regulations, been running uh, since the start of July. So, we are now back to very much full time operation. So, I have that full time availability now, um, but only going to big shows. So I spend most of my time in the office, although I do get sent out into the field every now and again. But um, Yeah. I'm now finally in the office doing what I mainly want to do. I mean, I'm planning to move into our payroll and then accounts area because since leaving university, that's what I've decided I wanted to do as a career Mm -hmm. Um, was I, I always had an interest in money and um, numbers, obviously good at maths, enjoyed it. Um, So accountancy was in the next sort of target area I went into. Um, I did my original qualifications when I was in Germany um, through the army, again, paying for that. Uh, and now I might finally be in a position where a qualification I've gained over my 27 years might be coming into use hey, sometime next nice. year. <laughs> it's only taken this long, but yeah, a qualification I got might finally be useful. You know,
0: Which I, I know? would <laughs> never have guessed, like, pretty much any of this. Which, you know, you never judge a book by the cover, but I, I don't know. I, I, It just doesn't allow, like, I don't picture... You know giant science guy and turned pretty much bar party guy and now accountant
1: yeah i think uh with colored hair the uh general on a relaxed demeanor mm-hmm. often painted nails i don't always portray you know serious industry professional um but i even though that's the job i'm looking at i don't consider myself to be that person like, you, you hear about somebody, oh, this boring accountant, all he does is, you know, goes home every night and then plays golf for the weekend. That's never the person I'm going to be. Like, I'm interested in that industry, but I'm I'm too vibrant to be that character naturally, I think. Yeah. But I, I like, like, I like to stand out. I like the colored hair. I like the nails. I like people to look and go, oh, he's a bit different because I am different and I don't want to hide from that fact.
0: I think um, it's cool that it seems like you kinda of put in the time too that you're respected as an individual instead of like where I think if you show up to a normal accounting uh interview or whatever and you are this vibrant person, they're like, Oh, I don't know, he might be a wild card or something like that. I just think it's very bland of an industry idea.
1: Yeah, it is. I it is very much, you know, white collared, shaven, short hair suit mm-hmm. kind of industry. Um but because I've known these people for so long, like they know who I am and you- not to judge me on just what i look like so i'm quite fortunate in that perspective
0: how long have um, you had the dyed hair now by the way um so which i love I it first, i'm kind of jealous
1: like the first time i ever dyed my hair i was 12 um i bleached it um just before i went to boarding school they got in a lot of trouble because they had a very strict uniform policy <laughs> um basically they threatened to shave my head unless i could not no way yeah that was how strict they were and i was on the phone to the parents they can because i mean they will do whether they can or not they would have done it um and i was on my phone to the parents like they're threatening to shave my head like i've just had it bleached like it was bleached blonde like Mm -hmm. i look like a small m&m
0: and that's not even Um, like a a abnormal color it's still like i mean blonde is a natural color
1: i mean it was unnaturally blonde i'll admit yeah it was still it it was a bit of an exaggeration like a blue
0: purple green kind of thing
1: exactly yeah um so I got called into our deputy head, basically, to go and talk to her and be like, all right, what's the plan to get rid of your hair color? And my parents, I was on the phone to them in the morning. They were like, well, you don't want to shave it. We don't want to have your hair shaved. So they, um, And they were like, we don't have any dye for you. Like, we're two odd hours away. Mm-hmm. So they had me crack open a felt pen, like a, like a dark brown felt pen, and no rub it into way. my hair. So when I went into the office, she was like, oh, it looks like you've sorted out your hair problem because it was just like a light brown. It was disgusting, but sure. I got away with it. <laughs> but yeah, that was how I first got away of having dyed hair when I was yeah, 13 years insane. old at the time.
0: Um,
1: so then I sort of realized at that point I can't be dyeing my hair at school because I won't get away with it. But um, every time I would go home in the summer for six weeks, eight weeks, I still bleach my hair and knowing that it would mostly be gone by the time I get home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I pretty much never stopped the trend. Um, and then I got to 16, still at school and got a little bit rebellious. And um, I dyed my fringe purple, um, and got away with it for a very long time as well. Like, I never actually had to get rid of the color. Um, I think the school had gotten to know me as a bit of a, almost like yeah, a wild card, a bit of a an yeah. out there person. But I did have classes with my deputy head, um, who was the strict administrator. She was the one that upheld the rules. Um, so she was my biology teacher um, for like my second to last year there when I had this hair color. Um, so it was just my fringe, like just that part there was just purple i spent my entirety of the classes with her like that so every week i'd go into that class and i'd have my hand over the colored bit <laughs> Just color that. i got away with this four weeks like literally it was a long time like a lot of the other teachers at this point mm-hmm. didn't care they knew who i was but she was the one that if anybody was going to have a problem with it it was going to be her um and it had been about yeah it must be about four or five weeks i got away with it like the color was starting to fade it was fine and then one of my classmates pipes up oh miss have you seen his hair
0: Snitch. I'm just sat there
1: like, I'm just sat like, really like I'd gotten away with so long, i was gonna be fine. And she was like, move your hand. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, and she's just like, you know, you have to get rid of it. I was like, it's nearly gone. Like it's
0: been like four or five. Weeks. Yeah, it's relax. Um, so one more yeah, week.
1: I ended up getting away with not having to deal with it at all. She was like, okay, it's fine. It's nearly gone. Now you got away with this long. Like, fair enough. Um, what? i didn't well, I didn't know when I did it, but I'd have to adapt to it for um because I dyed because I only wanted a the fringe then I dyed it like that, where I patted mm-hmm. it down over my hair, and my hair was probably about this length, to be honest, and it had dyed my eyebrow.
0: No. <laughs> so so not only did I have a purple fringe, I had a one
1: purple eyebrow um, That was and again, the, no the dye
0: there, like
1: yeah, like fortunately because it's a naturally darker bit of hair anyway mm-hmm. um it didn't come out vibrant purple but yeah i did have a dark purple eyebrow for about eight weeks before that color faded so that that's
0: nuts i um i once uh i was like 16 maybe 15 and it's sadly it's the the retirement of my long hair but <laughs> i my dad was out of town i was showing some friends and a girl was like oh we should dye it like a little bit red i like that sounds badass let's do it <laughs> and i did and because i had super light blonde hair at the time it came out kind of pink Yep. and i didn't mind it i just kind of let it be and it was it was fairly subtle but like my dad came home i he somehow didn't see it for yeah like three or four days it was like <laughs> is your hair pink like it's red <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, it's he's like, "Yeah, you you, you got to cut it." And That's so, got to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I look much better with shorter hair, in my opinion. But it felt so bad at the time. It was like the haircut <laughs> of shame, too. I'm like, I'm pissed about it. Obviously, yeah. I'm like, Aw. It's nothing worse
1: than a, a big haircut you don't want. Like when it's not your choice, like your hair is being mm-hmm. cut. Do you don't have any say in the matter?
0: I've been thinking yeah. about it for a while again, too, because uh, one of my good friends here has uh like he he always does his hair color and stuff. I'm like, this looks good. And now that I have the freedom to do it, I'm like, do I want to? But I'm I don't know. It's hard to commit to something like that.
1: You you might find it not addicting, but you might just like the change. Mm Um I very much now I do it because I get bored of my own natural hair color.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. and,
1: And because you're so often seeing yourself with colored hair it's like this is what it can be this is how fun it can be so yeah be careful if you do start doing it you might (laughs) fall into that trap up i don't want to go back to being blonde anymore like i want to be purple i want to be red i want to be green i just sort of every few weeks just wanted to change it up
0: Today is not necessarily a good day since it's laundry day i'm just wearing gray whatever was around but yeah i uh i tend to like color so it also matches my usual outfits and stuff like that i'm like i can wear whatever color i want and i'm a i match (laughs) it's perfect so oh add one more piece in it might be it might be an idea i can see it you're selling me on it damn it
1: yeah i I definitely see it i think you should rock up to the finale with colored hair i might give you a bonus point
0: (gasps) (laughs) oh all right i'm in by december (laughs) we'll figure it out (laughs) by 2023 he might have died 2023 perfect now, I guess this is kind of technically a speedrunners podcast, so it would be a shame not to ask: How did you wind up running Sonic Two? Then, if you were like a Pokemon kid, and then you went off to be a busy adult?
1: Um, so I discovered speedrunning um, on YouTube, as I'm sure most people do. Um, I was watching people doing like Pokemon stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know. Like, bingo races or you know race to find this pokemon stuff like that very simple sort of uh, one-on-one challenges um and then i was sort of thinking about you know what games do i think would be cool to go fast in like um i'd never i'd only ever owned the game for like three years at the time uh adventure two battle um but my cousin going back to him again
0: yeah um,
1: had it as a kid when we were growing up so i'd go around his house a lot and we'd Basically, spend all our day in the chow garden. Um, that was where our main interests lie. It was, even still, that's where my main interest lies in the game. Um, that's just always followed me. It's one of those massive nostalgia things. It's my favorite thing to do in the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I was like, oh, you know, that game is quite cool. It goes quite fast. I've been playing it on my laptop, uh, on keyboard, by the way, which is very, very difficult to play that game Ooh, on keyboard. I bet. Let's try it.
0: Any um, like so 3D actually, platformer with a keyboard, I just my brain is it cannot yeah, register it
1: because it only allows two directions to the process at one time, which only then allows for eight bit directions. And mm-hmm. on a 3D speed platformer like Sonic, not very useful. <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah, very very fine achievement of mine was actually completing the game more than one time. Um, 180 emblems on keyboard. Um, I'm a bit of a masochist apparently by doing that more than once. Um, so I thought I'd search out this game um, on YouTube to see, you know, oh, has anybody ever done it really quickly. Um, and I came across the runner Talon two four six one, um, who's probably the biggest person to ever speedrun this game. Um, for any consecutive amount of times, who was the world record holder of the 180 emblem category at the time. Um, and that's,
0: uh, like all of them, right? That's full completion. That, yeah,
1: that's basically the hundred percent category of, of the game. Um, so I watched like his run on YouTube and I thought, Oh, this is so cool. Um, and I actually noticed in the corner of a stream, he had like his Twitch channel advertised. And I had a vague idea of what Twitch was at this time, because mm-hmm. back in 2013, I think it must have been, um, I signed up to Twitch to be part of the first ever Twitch Plays Pokemon. Oh, um, that's cool. So I actually have an account that goes back, yeah, like eight years, but was basically dormant for like four. Um, so I had a, a vague idea of what Twitch was and what it meant. I was like, oh, cool, Like, you know, this is a, a game website. So I found his channel on Twitch, and I was like, oh, he streams this game quite regularly on the weekends. Um, so I started watching him do 180 Emblem runs um, when he was still grinding out trying to get better world records. Um, and I basically just fell in love And I was like, this is a game I really enjoy. I'm watching somebody play it, and it looks really, really cool. And a bit of my brain went, I can do that. Like, this is impressive and everything, but I can do that. Um, so I was like, I want to try this um fortunately i wasn't dumb enough to go straight into 180 emblem category um which at the time the world record was just under nine hours real time um i started playing the dark story because the hero story didn't interest me that much like i was always edgy as a kid i liked it, i liked shadow over, not, over sonic i liked yeah. you know eggman i didn't like tails so it made more sense um so yeah i started playing that um i started looking up a bit more like what happens in just the dark story run because I knew A-Ranks weren't optimal for speed. Um, and yeah, I basically just started playing it then, practicing that a little bit, with the full intention of doing a 180 emblem run. Um, so I did Dark Story for a couple of weeks, started a bit familiarity with it, understood the movement a bit. Um, I had a controller by this point as well. Like I had my PlayStation 4, so i connected it. So I wasn't doing this on keyboard. I wasn't that stupid. Um, and yeah, after about maybe three, four weeks of actually playing the game, I went, I'm going to try a 180 emblem speed run um so yeah world record nine hours it took me 23
0: hours holy total. shit i mean it i was, even think I w- about the animation just to collect an end <laughs> times 180 i'm like this is too long of a run for me minus any of the actual run
1: we actually i don't think i was using it at the time but there is a glitch we do have that skips most of animations fortunately it oh. does save 20 odd minutes real time um although i'm not a fan of it but that's <laughs> politics don't worry about that one um yeah so it wasn't 23 hours consecutive gameplay i it was about 21 and a half hours of consecutive gameplay or gameplay with a small two-hour break because i had to go visit my sister in the hospital um she oh. just had like surgery on like a, I don't remember what it was but she had a very minor surgery She was in hospital for a couple of weeks um so we gone in to see her while i was in the middle of the run um and i came home really really tired finished off my run Got the 180 emblem begrudgingly after, yeah. Did you leave like your hours.
0: recording going or were you splicing? I, what? I didn't have an opportunity to record at this
1: time, so I was doing this offline on my own. Like this was unstreamed oh, and okay, okay. recorded. I was doing this because um, I was on a pretty bad laptop at the time, so like, I had a lot of slowdown during the game as well. It generally wasn't a very good way to be playing the game. Um, but it was the only method I had at the time because I was too lazy to buy a PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had the money, being in Germany, earning as I said decent money, tax free. I just didn't.
0: Like, yeah, no, nah, I PC. don't need it right now. I
1: was like, I was even considering streaming. Like, oh, this is a really cool idea. I want to do it. And I was like, I'll get a PC someday. I just kept putting it off for no real reason. I didn't have a reason not to get one and start. I just kept putting it off. Um, see, I I did a few well, a few months of doing it like that, where I just do offline runs of um, 180. Uh, of Dark Story. I even did a little bit of Hero, which I'm not a massive fan of, but I did do it for a little bit as the practice. But everything <laughs> everything I was doing was purely I want to be good at 180 emblems. I didn't care about where I was in Dark. I didn't care about where I was in Hero. All I wanted to do was that. And I think I, after a few months, I got my time down to about 15 hours on my PC. Um, this is probably after about six months of playing. Um, still not, I wasn't grinding regularly. i turn on the game. i practice a level here and there. Um, there was no real grind. It was just, I was naturally getting better at the game. I was practicing some of this, um, the stages, just natural development of not being terrible at the I game. I find anymore. it very
0: interesting that you were just playing it, too. Not like, oh, I need to or I want to record this for submissions. It's just like, oh, I really like this game. I want to get better at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had the intention, but I, I tried down... This is how bad my PL laptop was at the time. I tried downloading OBS, and it couldn't record at 60 fps. Oh,
0: no way. Um,
1: like, it was... I'd put it on, and everything in my laptop would just be, like, 20 FPS. It wasn't... I just didn't want to. I literally had no way of doing it. Um. See, so yeah, I've been playing the game... What? Posing in... So, I started in very early 2019. was when I committed to becoming a speedrunner. Um, and I was doing it as a hobby. I'd play it here and there. You know, I'd get better at the game. I didn't really care about it. Um, it wasn't until I actually started streaming. Um, and I didn't even have the intention, to be honest, of becoming a full time like, Sonic Speedrunner. Like, I was mm-hmm. going to be doing other things. I wanted to play other games. But just the more and more I played it and the better I got, you just have that I can still be better. I can still be better. I can still be better. Just in your yeah. head, constantly like, oh, I just PB'd but that run sucks it's a every horrible single speed run, run ever
0: <laughs> horrible speedrunner mentality that we do
1: have like if you guys aren't familiar with it it's a horrible thing like you can never be satisfied like i've set world records and gone that run sucks it really did people um, say the
0: same thing about like hard drugs like i think crystal meth and stuff it's like you're just chasing the dragon you sneeze <laughs> yeah, a little it more is. You,
1: like there you get that small like little hit of serotonin like oh mm-hmm. my god I PV. it's like and then you sit back two hours later and you go but I messed up that. I messed up that and you just end up hating on like this thing because I suppose I think it was I saw it in a Twitch chat today, like you don't ever want to be satisfied though, do you, with a speedrun? Because once you become satisfied with it, your drive to then play it and be better sort of yeah. goes a little bit. Because it's almost that I don't want to see people making me see me making mistakes. I want to be as close to perfect as I can be. If you know you've thrown a run out there with a twenty second mistake in it, you're like but my run there could be 20 seconds faster. Therefore, it's not perfect. I can do better. I want to go do better. So, and that's the beautiful,
0: insane part, in my opinion, yeah. is that it is, you're yeah, chasing like perfection and you know it's near impossible, but you still want it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's very few games out there which you can do something frame perfect mm-hmm. for more than a few seconds. Um, but we still have that ridiculous drive in us to want to chase that for some god knows what reason. <laughs> some mental deformity we have that goes you lost three frames you failed try again and for some reason we listen to that and we do and we go back and we try it again
0: now i'd mentioned it offline but i definitely want to give a, a shout out and a congratulations to you on uh finally PBing hero story i i'd watch you probably for almost 20 hours at least uh, collectively <laughs> do hero story and something tells me you're not a big fan of hero story <laughs> No, so I've I've never been a huge fan of
1: Hero So like I love Sonic Adventure 2 battle. I love the game to bits. Um I love getting the A ranks. Um I love the Chow. I can't even talk about how much I love the Chow. Um I've spent most of my time um in this game in the Chow Garden, even still, like, even with speedrunning, I spent a lot of time learning the speedrun for that. Um changing the speedrun for that. Like it's probably the one part of the game where I'd be considered an expert, if not
0: the expert on it. Um that's cool, think, especially um, for a I, game this much older.
1: Yeah, I think for a game that yeah was originally released in like 2001 on the Dreamcast, I'm after only two years of running the game, I'm one of the few people that have dedicated their time to this area of the game that I think I am considered the area expert. Like if people have a question or an idea, I'm usually the first person people come to questioning mm-hmm. it. Um, I recently lost all the world records in the speedruns to uh, another runner, Liam Dunn, <sighs> shout him out, because well done to him for beating them because my records, they weren't perfect, but they were good. So he's done very well to beat them. But at the same time, I taught him what he knows. So there's that almost little, you know, Oh no, I've been beaten, but a little bit of pride in that. I've been beaten by somebody that came into this with that passion I had, but without the knowledge And I've now helped somebody maintain that next or get to that next level. Um, And I almost think that's where I'm getting with that category um that it's i care more now about watching other people develop make it better and that maybe i can't execute it as well as other people but i can teach people that can do the execution and then get mm-hmm. that time which is almost just as you know as nice for me to watch it come from it wasn't even a category when i started running the game um i wasn't even a category it was just becoming a category when i started streaming um so it's still relatively new um and to see that I've had such an impact on it in such a short amount of time is quite cool but yeah um that's how much I like hero story by the way you asked me about hero story and I deflected to something else
0: yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a coping mechanism I <laughs> can yeah, tell
1: it is. um but yeah I did recently get um my first sub 24 so my first 23 time in this story um which is definitely I consider my not full-time retirement point but I have no intention of going back to that yeah. anytime soon now I uh, sadly at-
0: miss the ending of that run uh was there a glorious pop-off for the people there
1: was it not quite of the uh, the witness me caliber um mm. i think at that point i was frustrated because it'd been i've been chasing that top 25 at the time is what i was chasing um and that was an amalgamation of weeks of frustration just coming out at once i it was a pre i won't lie it was a pre-planned pop-off i had planned that i was going to do that but maybe <laughs> not with quite the emotion that i had uh-huh um i think getting top 25 for the first time in hero story i think established me as being one of the top 20 runners in the game at the time and so it was almost a sort of i'm here notice me moment and uh i'm a massive mad max fan and for those who've never seen mad max fury road um there's a scene in it where Such they spray movie. themselves with chrome in their mouth and they're like, witness me as they you know, go off to a glorious act. So it was just that sort of nerd in the Mad Max fan that came out and like, you know, witness me um, as I did something awesome. But yeah, so my end of the 23 run, I, I'm not on camera this time. I'm in a VC with friends. So I've just got like my Dunsparce picture up in the video camera. Yeah. But I just slide down in my chair like this and I'm like, I'm free! And <laughs> hey, that's basically it. i'm just like it was a, another moment of pure relief i'm free of this story like i don't i don't care where i am on the leaderboard anymore i think i'm 22nd but that isn't what mattered it was i broke that milestone of 24 i hit the 23 and i'm content with that i originally thought the tw- top 25 would be content but i saw how mm-hmm. close i was to that next landmark it's like I, it's I mean, weird even how
0: run. small cosmetic achievements can mean so much like yeah. getting a few seconds off a minute marker or top 15 versus top 10
1: yeah it's it, yeah again it's that whole you know, twisted mentality i mean it's only what a 22 second pb mm-hmm. it's not even that big and i suffered like 30 seconds of deaths in the run so like i still don't consider it to be you know a top tier run it's not you know the best i can produce but as i said you only push yourself when you still enjoy the game. And I don't enjoy Hero Story, so I'm willing to accept where I
0: am. All right, well, you got the um, PS gun up to your head. You have to say something nice about Hero Story. What is it? What is it? What do you like? Um, uh, I
1: The knuckle stage. So the hunting stage in the game, which are the RNG ones. Um, as much as I like to you know, mess around with people that do solely focus on hunting, I do think it is the most fun part of the game. Oh. Because every other part of the game is... You input, frame perfectly, mm-hmm. you'll get a frame perfect time. It's not possible to do, but that is you know, essentially what can happen. Whereas the hunting stages are RNG. Um, and it's very much, you see peace, you adapt to peace. A little it's, more reactionary um, versus that uh, yeah.
0: muscle memory. You,
1: exactly, yeah. So you can almost, I mean, you can't, but you're almost at that point where if you play perfectly, you can do a stage with your eyes closed. You can't in hunting because you have to react to every moment. I think that does add an extra level of excitement. So that is definitely the most fun part of Hero Story, in my opinion, is the, the hunting stages of Knuckles.
0: Have you ever submitted, like, for a marathon or anything? Do you have any um, interest I've, in ever doing a marathon?
1: I, yeah, I've only ever performed in one marathon. Um, I performed in uh, Calithon uh this year. <laughs>
0: um,
1: in Sonic Adventure 2, um, I did a run called Big Percent, which is you Big the big? Cat cameos. Uh-huh. Big Percent. So Big the Cat is a character... Um, from like the sonic adventure one game um he's the very annoying giant cat that all his levels are fishing it's a fishing simulator character um why they ever put him into the game oh i don't know Oh
0: my god! But, uh,
1: he is very meme heavy in basically the sonic community because he's not the most intelligent character um, every game he features then he's given stupid lines he's basically just chasing after his pet frog froggy um with a really stupid like voice like Froggy. That's basically what he sounds like. It's <laughs> no, that's not even a bad impression. That's how bad he sounds. Um so yeah they featured him in um Sonic Adventure 2 as like a cameo character in a lot of the levels. Um so the run I did was finding all of his little cameos in the game. Uh it took me just under an hour. Um I have submitted to other marathons uh unsuccessfully but that is the first one I've been accepted to and it was loads of fun. I had a great time doing it. Um so I do definitely plan to submit in the future um and actually do a main serious speed run um i think the problem i do have though is that i'm not i'm good at the game but i'm not one of the best players at the game and i think if you want one of those showcases you want it to be one of the top three or four runners
0: yeah i mean preferably uh, so you see yeah. pretty much everything which yeah, is um, also a respect to people's time that they've committed to a game i think
1: I think if you've earned that position to be you know, one of the top five players, they're the best person to showcase it. Like, mm-hmm. Why would you accept the 22nd best person when the third person is submitted? Like, because maybe they're not have... a prophet. Yeah, they have maybe true. But I, I think in terms of you want to showcase the game the best, if nobody else submits, I'd happily take the role. But I would step aside for somebody, you know, one of the top players, willingly, if they went, oh, I'm submitting to this. I'm like, I'd prefer if they got it because they put on a better showcase of the game. And at the end of the day, you do these things, one, to promote yourself, but in almost a bigger part, to promote the game. Like, I want the community yeah, to yeah, grow. For sure. um, so I'd rather the best person perform and be like, this is how cool the game can look when done at the best level. Because I think that will entice more people to go, oh my god, I want to try that.
0: Have you ever thought about like picking up a new game, or do you still kind of feel unresolved with a lot of stuff in Sonic Venture 2?
1: Um, I definitely do feel unresolved in Sonic Adventure 2. Like I have currently what I'd call three targets for what I call my semi retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get a 23 in dark story now, um, which is considerably easier than hero uh, for me anyway, purely because it's the one I'm good at. Um, it's the one I enjoy. So grinding, it's a lot easier for me. And I already had like a high 24 coming into this, um, which has mistakes in it. So I don't need to improve that much to get that time. Um, and then I'm unfinished with the 180 emblem category. Like I don't know what my target time for that is going to be at the moment because we're going for a timing method change. So I don't quite know what world record is in terms of that oh, time and how right. close I want to be to it. Um, my goal time for the old time method would in sub nine hours. Um, but I'm planning to step away from the way they do it to focus more on the new time method. So mm-hmm. that almost becomes an irrelevant time. Um, so that's why I'm definitely going to dark next is I want to see what the next what my target would be um, with the new time method. Um, but yeah I definitely have thought about other games. Like I have done every now and again I've done a mean like, I've done a crash bash run. I've done um,
0: Fucking Crash Bash, of course.
1: I did it in all trophies run because it was funny. You did all um, trophies?
0: You really yeah, you don't my, mind long runs and holy. I cow. love a long
1: run. I like, I love sitting out and grinding a game for hours. Um, I feel like my mental
0: deterioration as the (laughs) hours go by. I'm like, ah, I don't know about this.
1: I think, yeah. So I I found it fun. It was frustrating at times. God, that game's annoying if you're not good at it. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't played it since I was about nine, so I was really, really bad at it. Um, But no, that was fun. Um, I've also, uh, I have done Pokemon Platinum speedruns a few times. Uh, That's probably the closest I've come to seriously learning another game. Um, I was doing Manipulus. I did, I don't know, three or four runs. I didn't do a lot. Um, but I was definitely enjoying it. Um, I also have currently the record in FIFA run.
0: In what? Um, Sorry, it kind of cut in out. FIFA,
1: in FIFA Street. Really? Um, so, so I've done two runs. Uh, I've held the record twice. Uh, the other time I lost it was by the only person to ever do a run. Um, <laughs> no, I've done three runs. Apologies, the three runs. Um, so I did one run. Nobody ever done it. So I got the world record by you know de facto only person to ever do it. I take it was just um, a game
0: that you enjoyed then?
1: It was a game I had fun of as a kid. Like, it was okay. one of those, oh, you know, I think this would be quite funny to do as a speed run. Nobody's ever done it. I'll give it a go. Um, so, yeah, I did it the run. Um, got it up on SRC. Um, you know, as the world record holder. Only to ever do it. And I raced Hypno Shark, um, who beat me only because he had an Xbox, which has faster loads than PlayStation 2. I'm saying that now. Yeah, that's the only reason he won the race. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. then he beat Cheater. my time doing it. Exactly, yeah. So he beat my time doing it. So then he got the new world record. Um, And then while that was going on, it was the first time a large number of people had seen it. So people were pointing out like routing optimization stuff. I didn't really care about when I first ran it. I just went into it and went, I'm just going to play the game by a player, play another level, keep going until I finish it. Um, So once we had a little bit of a route, I then like the same day I lost the race. I did another run with a routing and yeah, I beat it by like 12 more minutes like that. Um, But even that's like a five-hour run. It's not a short run. (laughs) Um, So doing that twice in a day was fun. Um, Yeah, so I'm definitely considering learning the new Pokemon game when it comes out. I think if I can hit my Sonic times by then, I will potentially double down and just focus on that game for a while. Um, while I'll take a mini break.
0: This is something that's always really interesting to me, actually. And it's that each game can kind of... I mean, how you run it is so widely different. Like playing FIFA versus Sonic, playing Pokemon, they're all very different. So, is there anything that stands out to you in a speedrun? Like, oh, I really like this aspect. Or you're just like, if I enjoyed the game casually, I'll probably like speedrunning it. Like, for me, um, movement tech is a biggie.
1: I'm not too. I almost find like my favorite thing to do fast and feel fast in is menuing. Um, okay. Which is often often underappreciated, I think, trait in speedruns, how fast people can menus. Um, So I notice it when I do something like the, uh, especially now, um, we've had a timing change in Sonic Adventure 2 where pauses are now counted for the first time. So if you're restarting a level, um, that menuing time is now relevant, um, which it never was before. Um, and I think because of that, and because I care about menuing, I might actually have a community gold in one of the bosses because I have the fastest reset in the boss, <laughs> um, which I think is quite cool. Um, that probably won't stand. It's not. I, I can beat it by about five or six frames. I just haven't
0: mm-hmm.
1: got need a frame perfect pause to match it as well. I, on the first frame it enters, then the fastest reset is the level. Um, I think I did it in point two six per second Dang. from from when the fight starts to this restart. man buttons. So I find menuing very fun. Which I think why I enjoy Pokemon and Fever Street had a lot of menuing as well because you're menuing between the level, like the matches and the um, the players and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think no, I, I think I just a lot of the time it's if I enjoy a game, I think I'll enjoy the speed run. But at the same time, I don't want to play a game I enjoy too much because I don't yeah. want to break it in my head. Like my favorite game ever is Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm massively looking forward to the sequel if I can never get a PlayStation Five. Um, but I will never speedrun that game because I don't want to break that perfect image in my head of I had so much fun playing this the first time, I had so much fun playing it New Game Plus, I don't want to then find out all the faults in it. Like, I won't even watch it because yeah. I, don't, I don't want to know what's wrong with it. I love it that much. Um, you know, so I I actually,
0: I was just talking about this yesterday, cut, since it's the, the PlayStation reveal, I, I ended up doing a, a restream, and Horizon was one of my favorite games of all time. And again, I I would never speedrun it for pretty much the same reason. Like I think uh, you wind up hating a game a little bit on some aspects.
1: Yeah, there is there's definitely parts of a game that yeah you will start I think just mentally like despising almost like mm-hmm. little bits of a level that can really screw you up in a speedrun. And like you then have that inbuilt I really don't like this level or I really don't like this, mm-hmm. which you don't have when you play it casually because you just had so much fun doing it. Um, I think games along that line, I'd still consider speedrunning. Something like uh, the new Tomb Raider series, um, like the, the ones that came out last few years, yeah, which is a, a similar sort of design of game. I think I'd consider something like that I could speedrun um, because although I very much enjoyed the games, it wasn't to that level of love, I must say. So I think, yeah, I have to sort of a nice window of really enjoyed the game, don't love the game. That sort of bracket is where I yeah.
0: could speedrun something. Interesting. Um,
1: I think Pokemon is the only exception purely because you don't break the game as such. Like yeah. you're not, A lot of time you're not clipping through walls, you're not you know, manipulating a level 100 Pokemon to appear in the grass at the start and just playing the game boringly. You still have to execute pretty much the entire game. You're just doing it the best way. Whereas so many like platformers and other that, like, you are physically finding ways to break the game, which is something I don't want to do.
0: There's a lot of popular Pokemon runners, and it just seems like a fairly popular speed game. I'm kind of wondering, just because I haven't really given the time to it myself, what makes them entertaining, both from a runner standpoint and a viewer standpoint?
1: Um, I think a lot of it is just because it's such a beloved franchise, and the same reason yeah. that Mario is so popular. Like, uh, Obviously, Mario has a lot more tech than Pokemon does in terms of movement and stuff like that, but I think... Because it's just so beloved, people like seeing games they love performed to the best standard. It's why, like, competitive Pokemon is popular, even though at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. just it's no real difference in a battle you can have in the game. It's just two of the best players doing it. That it's I find it personally, yeah, that I enjoy doing it because it's a game I love and doing it to the best of my ability and watching other people because it's simply just watching people that are proving how. Out- fast you can do something i love watching people like test the limits of stuff like um you know, oh can you complete pokemon red in five hours well yeah you complete it in under two or whatever it is now but like that's this concept you just don't think of as a kid that you spend you know three weeks playing through this game to finally get to elite four and it's like oh this guy did it in two hours yeah that's just, nuts your, head, your head's like how is that even possible and it's just you know mm. realizing how it's possible and you watch your anything. oh my god everything was so perfect um that's so incredible. And they're like, ah, I lost like three minutes here. And you're like, what? How did that possibly <laughs> lose time anywhere? Uh, I think that's just the whole concept of what, cause it's just so popular. I think it just resonates with a lot more people of watching. Oh my God, you can actually do this, this fast. And
0: yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I that's,
1: that's why you, I think you see so many popular sort of older games, you know, your Mario, um, you know, sunshine, your odysseys, your 64s games that.
0: People Nintendo. played a
1: lot. Nintendo just has great speed games. Mm-hmm. not like, but, uh, uh yeah games people love like zelda games i've never played on personally but i understand they're very popular speedrun. again probably a very different concept of a game but i think because it's just such a popular game with people yeah they just want to see how you know how can you break this game how can you do it so fast uh, i think that's mainly the popularity to it for people that don't have any intention of running it themselves
0: it's insane to me, and I, I won't go off on this because I'm sure anybody that's followed me for long enough is probably tired of hearing it. But damn, Nintendo—they make so good IPs, but they're such a terrible company. God, I hate
1: uh, them. Yeah, I—I'm not going to argue that point of view. Uh, <laughs> they are—they're—they're they're pretty bad at times. They really are. That's a shame.
0: Now, which category? Yeah. Uh, just kind of make sure I don't forget anything here. Which category do you think you've grinded out the most for? I mean, I guess any game, but I'm assuming Sonic.
1: Um, I think I've put the most overall time into 180 andems, Um Purely because it was my main run for a very long time. Like, I did Dark Story for a few months when I first started streaming. It was, uh, while I was working around work, it was, like, my main run. Um, so I probably put, I think, just over 2,000 attempts into that. Um, but even though I don't have nearly... <laughs> Sorry. Ideally, as many attempts in 180, because it's such a long category. I think just because it's so long. And because it's the one I really practiced as well, because with like the story ones, you don't need the points. You can sort of work around stuff. Um, if you lose a second tier, it doesn't matter. Where if you make a small mistake in 180 emblems, you could lose the A rank, which really does matter.
0: Oh, so, yeah.
1: Uh, then it's playing the whole level. It could be one little two-minute mistake or two-second mistake could cause two minutes of time loss because you have to replay a level. Um, So I think just purely in how much time I spent playing the category and then practicing it. Yeah, 108 emblems is, I'd imagine, easily uh, my most... I'd imagine it's probably over a month of real-time playing that category.
0: That's, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Pretty scary, but pretty awesome.
1: It's a lot of time. I mean, I've got, well, just over 2,000 hours now in SA2 on Steam. Nice it was on yeah, a couple of hundred when I started speed running.
0: And yeah. are there any speed games that you know, like you enjoy watching, but you would never really run it yourself?
1: Uh, I think racing games. I think a lot of racing games I enjoy watching. Um, I've watched a lot of hit in the shot. So crash team racing, mm-hmm. I don't really have any intention of ever speed running it. I think I did one NF speed run, but I wasn't using a load remover. I was just sort of playing the game for time. Oh, to Oh yeah. fast. I could do it compared to like world records. Um, but I think, yeah, most racing games, I like watching um, one of my friends, Tails, plays uh, the Sonic racing games, so ASRT and um, ASR. And like, they're just very fun to watch. They're quite broken games. Like, yeah, for sure. A lot, of, sure. lot of animated racing games are. Um, but I've even watched stuff like, you know, Burnout Speedruns or Need for Speed. And they're just generally fun because you can't be perfect. Like, it's not like, mm-hmm. a, you know, the original Mario game where the world record is looking to be frame perfect. You're never going to get that in a racing game because there's so many variables. But it's watching, you know, oh, I struggled with this race. It took me like two hours to complete. And they're like lapping the car in front of them. It's like, bruh, (laughs) how can you be so good at a racing game? Um, So stuff like that, I think is really cool, but I don't think I'd ever actually consider running myself.
0: Kind of that same idea games. what we were talking about earlier. I, I've thought about, like, and my big one is pretty much anything. GameCube era is my my jam, as well as PlayStation games. But, like, Double Dash seems so cool. But, like, it kind of takes out some of the fun. If you're like, all right, I need to hit the same perfect line every time. Also hope for good RNG and not get blue-shelled and stuff like that. Like, eh, uh, I'll pass. But it looks yeah, cool. Yeah, the Mario
1: ones. The Mario ones definitely, yeah, purely because of the uh the item rolls.
0: Mm-hmm. like.
1: At least in you know crash team racing, they're kind of fair almost that you you don't get screwed over by the enemies very often. Yeah. Whereas in Mario, there's so many you know blue shells, lightning stuff like that that you do just more often get that trolled. you do
0: get screwed over than yeah. don't. Uh, I, did almost, I did almost. Speaking of GameCube, I did almost
1: forget to mention that I did actually. I, I completely forgot because I kind of wanted to forget uh, that I did do um, Sonic Adventure DX and Sonic Hero speedruns for a little while as well. Um, which did sort of amalgamate in my 430 emblem run, which you do the completion category of all three oh, of geez. them. How ones. long is that? Um, the world record is just under 24 hours. Um, it took me 36, I want to say. Did you so take that? a nap
0: at least? like, Or is this continuous mm. 36? So
1: it was a continuous. I was awake the entire time,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but there was a two-hour break in it because I was doing it over my birthday, it was like my birthday stream. I was like, I'm going to do this stupidly long meme run.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it only ever been done, I think, three times. I was the third person to do it. So, well, like, it's been done more than three times, but I was the third person to ever do it. Um, so, all oh, guaranteed third place on the leaderboard. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I went out and did it, but because it was my birthday, I got a message like part way through. Unfortunately, when I was molding all of the levels, because I was tired and not very good at Sonic Heroes, mm-hmm. I'd been dying a lot. And I got a message from mum saying, Oh, I'm coming around in like an hour. Oh,
0: an hour I was like, no. Okay.
1: I was like, um, I'm going to use this opportunity stream to go take a breather, uh, make sure my you know flat is tidy. I've been awake for like yeah. 30 hours, I was just throwing all my fucking rubbish away. Um, so yeah, I just sort of took it like a two-hour break, muted my stream, turned off the camera, but it was still running. Um, yeah, I did all that and then came back to it. But yeah, I think it was like 34 or 36 hours and it took me some of like that in total. Um, there's one continuous stream. So that was fun.
0: That's nuts. <laughs> That's, I would, no, 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 no could not yeah, be a, bothered.
1: The thing is, most people that go into it are good at two of the games or they're mm-hmm. good at all the games. Like, um, Talon, who I was mentioning before, is my sort of, why I got into SA2, uh, currently holds the world record and he has speedrun uh, Sonic Adventure 2 a lot. He did quite a bit of Heroes for a while um, and then he learned to do Sonic Adventure DX before he did the run. Mm-hmm. So he was very well-versed. Um, so, Just Lemrez, who was the previous world record holder and the person who sort of originated the category, um is a very good Sonic Heroes runner, is a very good Sonic DX runner and a decent SA2 runner. So he went in, he was trying to break well they went in, sorry. Um trying to break the the sub day record um before Talon got their first sub so these day. Were, I don't think I've ever day.
0: heard that before. <laughs> Jeez. But,
1: <laughs> but that was the goal. Um was you know, can can this be done in a sub day? And then I think it was recently done as well by um my other friends, uh one I think they got I think 28 hours, 26 hours. No, they got a decent time, but again, they practice and they'd already speedrun Heroes. I'm the first idiot to go in that I only speedrun one of the games. <laughs> I'd, I'd done like two Sonic Adventure DX runs, and I'd casually play through half of Heroes the weekend before. Like I knew Sonic Heroes. I played it as a kid, but I didn't mm-hmm. know any speedrun tech. Unfortunately, um, you don't need any ranks in that game. It's just finish the stages. Oh, thank goodness. So, so it was just a matter of just go in and just keep playing until you finish everything. And yeah, over half my run was Sonic Heroes.
0: Do you like <laughs> the other just... Sonic games, like the 2D games at all? Or other 3D um, games?
1: I've never been a fan of 2D Sonic. Um, it's just something about it. I'm not a massive fan of 2D games in general. There's been very few mm-hmm. over the years that I've enjoyed. Mm. Um, and even the ones that I'd say are 2D that I've enjoyed weren't really 2D. stuff so like Rayman. Rayman's kind of a 2D game, but at the same time it doesn't look like a 2D game. Yeah. Uh, the original one so that's sort of the closest i've ever come to enjoying a 2D game whereas sonic i've just i never found much love for the 2D sonic i don't know why um they're fun games um small accounts but i just never found myself enjoying them huh, massively
0: interesting um
1: and then a lot of the games post gamecube era for sonic as well i've never had much love for um i haven't played a lot of them in fairness but I tried Sonico Six on stream a few months yeah, ago yeah
0: when is, when does is Sonico Six runs?
1: I'm never doing Sonic O6. I hate it it's so, so beautiful.
0: it's so terrible, um, it's so great
1: i no I, I just couldn't enjoy it um like I didn't mind so I enjoyed playing silver, which a lot of people disliked I think mm-hmm. um, but i didn't I didn't mind silver. i thought it was a fun mechanic um I thought it was quite a fun way to go fast. Um the Sonic levels drove me insane. The shadow levels just weren't that far. I hated 06 so much. <laughs> I was just I was so relieved to be done with it. Um Sonic was by far, in my opinion, the worst character in the game. I really didn't like it. Um But then I played Shadow the Hedgehog, which I think was I actually quite enjoyed Shadow the Hedgehog. It's again a game I wouldn't speedrun, but um some of the levels were just obnoxiously long and directionless at times. But I had some fun playing that. But I played through generations during a 48 hour stream uh where I completed that and I did not like it. Um I think a lot of the 2D aspects again just weren't for me. Um I think the only other one I've played is Forces and again I did not enjoy Forces. Um I don't think anybody really did. Or if they say they do, they're lying to themselves.
0: Um, Are you not I jumping just, yeah. on this uh colours ultimate train.
1: Uh, I I never played the original, and I've watched people play it, but I think, again, it's 3D and 2D, and I just don't think I'd enjoy the 2D sections. Yeah. And 3D sections, I think because of the wisp mechanic in the game, that it's almost moving away from a lot of the fast, fun platforming that I do enjoy to using items to get through areas. It's almost more Uh, like a a timing game than anything else. So I'm not sure. Having watched it, I'm not a massive fan of the concept. So I don't think I'd uh, hugely enjoy it.
0: I've heard the, uh, I I guess it's probably the Switch version is like super dumb, broken, like doesn't function.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, again, I've not played it myself. But I have watched a video of how bad some of the uh, the rendering is in
0: the Switch That's version. That's awesome.
1: And it's terrible. The PC version isn't great, but I've had friends complain about like motion blur as well like, when they're going through it. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think Amy, who you know can go into your stream, she's a... Uh, Said she's had it for a few days now. She's only just got used to being able to play it with the motion blur.
0: Oh, really? Um,
1: because it made her feel sick the first time she played it.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's one of the first things I turn off motion blur and literally everything because it just it, it looks terrible for one. Two, I get real bad motion sickness on some things.
1: So, yeah, I think it had a lot of hype and it might have been a little rushed from what I gather. It's not looked like the best. Uh, mm-hmm. I know failed Sonic release, I'd say. Unfortunate growing history of those in the last you know, decade and a half.
0: <laughs> sorry to backtrack it just a little bit but i i do like to ask it's a it's an interesting transition how whatever like made you wind up deciding you know what i need to get a pc and then you wound up starting streaming like how'd you get into streaming i guess
1: um so as i said before i had wanted to do it quite a while like mm-hmm. i'd always been wanting to stream and always almost just finding an excuse why not to bother starting now even though i was it wasn't even like i was lying to myself i wanted to stream. i always did want to stream i thought i'd enjoy it um, yeah, I never no. had intention. I don't have an intention of making a career out of it, but it's a really fun hobby. Um, as I said before, it's just playing games, chilling out with friends, just you know, chatting and just enjoying yourself. Um, the reason I eventually decided now I'm going to do it is because I was working for Amazon at the time. Um, so this was during COVID, uh, like early summer last year, mm-hmm. and or even maybe end of spring, um, and they gave all their employees um, a bonus for working through COVID. Um, so they gave us, like, I don't know, £500 or something like that. And I was like, if ever there was a sign, now's the time to just buy a PC. I was like, you've just mm-hmm. been given a lump of money for nothing. Just buy a PC and start <laughs> streaming. And I was like, I just went, and I finally just did. I went around and I was like, I have this now. There's no excuse. Um, it wasn't even that I needed, you know, I did couldn't afford it. I could always afford it. It was just I was putting it off. It was like, now it's like doubly, you've been given a load of money. Just buy a PC. Um, So, yeah, I finally did just sort of bite down. I was like, I bought a PC and all the stuff that came with it. Um, And, yeah, I just started turned on the game, started streaming. And I'm fortunate in that because I've been around the Sonic Adventure 2 community for so long at this point, Like, I was a well-known name for about two and a half, three
0: years. Yeah. Um, Oh, wow, that long?
1: I've been around since about 2017, yeah, I think, end of 2017. So I've been around a while and they've been i'd always people have been knowing that i've been like speed running offline Mm -hmm. so there was always that little bit of when are you streaming like almost i wouldn't say like a massive amount of anticipation but people were aware that i could play the game i intended to uh, stream it at some point and i already had a little bit of a name for myself so i came in with a little bit of an advantage i wasn't instantly streaming to zero viewers like unfortunately a lot of people do end up starting i already had a little bit of like notoriety and people like oh this is the name we finally get to actually watch him gameplay because I never got to record until that point either. So I was like, oh, you know, I got a forty-three minute time in a Dark Story, but I couldn't show anybody. Yeah, he didn't have the means to record it. So it was like almost that bit of intrigue that oh, I can actually go watch is he as good as he says or can he do these things he says he can do? Um, so I came with yeah that little bit of an advantage that people
0: and you kind of get that zero viewer experience that most people get the first couple times yeah i was was
1: very fortunate they did sort of allow me to get to affiliate quite quickly and then once you start getting your own emotes you sort of realize why you love doing it there was nothing more fun than seeing like your image It wasn't it was never my face i always had done emotes it was just nice being able to see this is you know related to my channel on somebody else's stream like i I still love it now because i'll be lurking in a stream and somebody will use one of my emotes oh it's the best feeling
0: ever it's a little
1: bit warm inside like you know it's all well and get Everyone going, Oh, I love your emotes in your channel, and that's the only place you see them. But when you see people actually using them somewhere else, it's like they do actually don't like them, they do actually have a use. It's, it's really cool feeling.
0: Actually, did um, you make your emotes?
1: I don't use them. No, I use uh, so I mentioned D before, it's his current girlfriend, her name's Mew. Oh, uh, okay, Hime, and she's a yeah, fantastic guy. She's just done all my emotes. Um,
0: yeah, I, I had he... someone else do all mine, I'm as creative as a brick, so.
1: Oh, I've got no artist. So, my sister's the artist, but she doesn't do digital art. She does all <laughs> hand art. So, not great for emotes. <laughs> um, yeah, fortunately, yeah. So, I actually, I was the first one, I think, to use her emotes. And then he started using her. So, I used him for emotes, or used her for her emotes before his, her, her boyfriend did. So, I started that trend. That's <laughs>
0: awesome. So, yeah, that's, yeah, it's cool. I love, I
1: love seeing emotes on Twitch. It's really fun.
0: And we are getting to about that time where i kind of want to start wrapping things up here do you have like any other hobbies that kind of take up a good amount of your life i guess that's a weird way to phrase it do you have any (laughs) other hobbies
1: um yeah so one that i feel like i'd be reluctant not to mention is that um whilst i have settled into a career i have all my streaming i'm actually attempting to become a full-time author Um, oh really so it would be that's so accounting. I've always considered to be the realistic target. You know, if I can make a career in accounting, I, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. But what I out of nowhere? like I was never big in writing a school. It was, it was something um, it basically came down to a girl, as most boys stories do. Um, when I was in my late teenage years, it got me interested in the idea of writing. And um, yeah, I'm currently working on a novel series um, that I do in my free time when I inspiration hits me. Uh, I currently have a, a deadline set, my first one to be completed by Halloween. Um, oh, wow, that's I've been wor- coming up. I've been working on it for about eight years now, but I've been inspired by my stream to actually stop rewriting and deleting everything I write and starting again like I have been for years now um, to actually get this first one out there. Um, even if it's not the finished article, even if I do go back and edit it afterwards, but to actually have something down and complete. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of genre it- are you writing? So it's a dystopian sort of future one. Um,
0: You've already sold me.
1: (laughs) Basically, so it's, without going to, I don't want to give too much away in case I do ever actually finish it and get Mm. it out there. But um, it mainly follows two different trilogies that are distinctively very different. Like one set in, like rural, off on an island. Um, It's all very sci-fi, mystical. Um, You're supposed to think it's nothing to do with anything happening in the other stories but like mm-hmm. it's almost supposed to come across as a separate trilogy and then the other one is set in like the dystopian sort of um cities you know government power has been corrupted all that sort of thing um i'm focusing on a former scientist who's become uh, a drug addict alcoholic uh, basically seeing a creation that he made um to try and attempt to save the world now being used to further destroy it and just like it messes with people's brains that, almost like a form of mind control but not like more zombification that become less of actual thinking beings and more just means of making money for corporations and basically his journey then from his redemption arc from going from this guy that you know was shamed um has nothing left in his life and how he's now got to try and turn everything around with the little bit of allies he can muster up and try and fix basically his own creation and then after a lot of intricate story plot lines the two somehow merge um, into a big ending finale couple of books so hopefully about eight yeah no
0: spoilers months. hold up
1: but yeah, without giving any major details away um that it's, is the plan. of
0: I'm surprised you have like a whole kind of series planned out and I guess that's what most authors probably do but my brain is just like one book and that would be impressive it would be like this is the whole thing going on I think a lot of
1: people go into it with the plan of one book and then um they sort of they see that if it gets popular or they sort of can't get everything they want into it then it sort of expands yeah and just as i've been thinking about it, i'm thinking well that can't go in the same story as that one it's got to be separate that can't then fit in with that Or oh, this is because it all started off as an original i was going to do one novel to tell the whole story be done and then i was like but i want to continue that story and it was like yeah, And it was like, I want to add this whole of relevance to it, but that can't then fit into that. It needs to be its own story. And it just merged from what was going to be like a one book series. It was only going to be a trilogy. And now it's set it up in like eight, nine books, like concept. that um, I just, I need to just get it down, to be honest. I've been trying to, for years, I've been trying to get it down on page and just struggling. Um, again, I think almost that speedrunner mentality of nothing's ever good enough yeah and it comes into that as well that i write something and i go at the time you're thinking oh this is amazing i'm, I'm getting a really good spell out here and then you go back and read it and go i don't like the wording of that and uh, that can come later or that needs to be earlier and then you just end up Doing. i'll just start again and it's yeah almost like just hitting reset on a run but it's like almost do that.
0: nobody that's a creative likes what they make so that makes exactly. sense
1: it's, it is it's sort of it's just an unfortunate sort of toxic mentality that people mm-hmm. in that sort of world have um i do need to just yeah I'd say that's probably my main hobby, as I'm trying that's to get awesome. that
0: done. That's awesome. Is uh um, is Halloween a personal deadline, or like, have you actually talked to publishing people? I I don't really know how so to, not, the booking works.
1: No, I'm not discussed it with publishers. I basically want to get this out there and as an entity before I even consider okay. publishing. Like, um, I don't know if I'd want to do it self published or like through an uh, publication or anything until I've actually got it down and maybe got a little bit of interest for it. Yeah, like, you know, shot off to a few people and they are like, oh, you know, it's quite good, or because at the end of the day, I could think it's the best thing in the world. And everyone that reads can go, this is terrible. You're never going to sell a book. And it's, it's the reality of it. that You don't know until that's all out there. Well, um, if you need I, someone to
0: beta a book test, I... Uh...
1: <laughs> I've had a few people um, offer me that. Um, but the Halloween deadline came from um, one of my regular viewers, Fox Sound. who has been very supportive in uh, the process. Um, basically constantly sort of... He's one of the first people that's actually regularly wanted updates, like mm-hmm. you know, how much have you written this week, or you know, have you been working on it and stuff like that. He's like, I'm like, yeah, and I know, you I know, I did a few chapters here, and he's like, oh, good progress. And I'd be like, I had a bit of you know, a bad week, So i I not been able to get it down. He's like, oh, that's fine, but you know, you want to get it done. And he's sort of one that's instilled the Halloween deadline on me. So it's sort of because he's been supporting me so much for it. It's like I don't, as much as it is a project for me, when you have that sort of extra layer to it, you don't want to let them down. Yeah. more than anything so i think that's the actual sort of motivation to even if it's not perfect even if i don't love every moment of it get something full and complete that other people can then judge like if other people say you don't need to edit anything and it's just you being too picky then i know that then mm-hmm. whereas if it's just me constantly i'm never going to feel it's good enough because i feel like i can always do better so yeah he's just sort of got me that almost inspiration to go just get something out there let Hmm. other people tell you if it's not good enough and then work from there rather than just you constantly self-judging and always being too critical
0: that's uh that's really cool they have someone to kind of hold you accountable because i think especially when there's virtually no real payoff immediate or no immediate gratification for finishing something like that it's like oh someone that can actually tell you hey you know it's your pace that's fine but you should do this if it's something that really makes you happy
1: And it's something I want to do. Like, I I would love to one day be in a position where I can sell the movie rights, finish the books, and then relax and, you know, live a comfortable life. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd still work. I wouldn't, you know, I'd probably still work on writing. But to be in a position then when I can get out of the stuck in a nine to five. uh, Not that I don't enjoy. I really enjoy my job right now. And I'm looking forward to, you know, doing it for years. But I can almost imagine I'd enjoy this more. Yeah. So, it's. I'm in a wonderful position where that if it doesn't work out, I'm not upset about it. Like it's. I tried it. It didn't work out. Oh well. But that, you know, reality of if one day it does work out, just how extra epic that would be. So, yeah, it's almost like there's limited pressure. There's not a lot of pressure on it, but I still want it done and out there because I want to see if it works. I want to see if it can go somewhere.
0: Yeah, for sure. And. I guess this, uh, this is a good wrap-up spot for that. Thank you again for choosing to come out. I'll be harassing you for your book stuff as well. So
1: <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. All the motivation uh, always helps.
0: But uh, yeah, thank you for
1: you know, offering me the chance to come on here and just talk about myself for two hours. Like <laughs> I've already said, already said I have a good big ego, so this has been a, a nice little... <laughs> well,
0: hopefully I could inflate it a little bit then. Now, where can the people find you, by the way?
1: um, So I'm... I, I'm not really on social media. I won't lie, but you can find me on uh, twitch.tv forward slash a underscore broken underscore profit. Uh, Which is right try under your stream.
0: face. How convenient. Yay. I look
1: wonderful as that. Um, I, or, you know, I'm, there's a link to my discord on my stream. If you just come and type this, my discord, if you want to, you know, maybe get to know me on a non pure streaming level. Um, yeah. I'm live whenever I can be Really, I don't have a set schedule. Mm. Uh, I try and stream at the weekends when I'm available and for the week when I've had a, you know, a quietish day. Um, mostly doing something adventure 2 so if you have any interest in that come check me out or i could at least point you in the direction of other runners you might enjoy
0: well awesome
1: take care everybody bye